0: You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks. Hello, hello, hello! Happy Wednesday to you all. This is Aaron Harks with the Mistress of None podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. I have talked uh, to so many great people so far so many interesting people from different walks of life, but I know that I have tapped upon the fact that I am getting more into the wedding industry, which means like a coordinator. However, people need extra help for their wedding day. Uh, I've already been playing weddings for a very long time now with my band, and I found that I was doing a lot of The coordinating stuff that was really outside of the scope of my job and so I just decided that it should be something that I should look into and potentially monetize Uh, not to sound like a greedy grubber but when I started talking to other wedding coordinators and telling them what I did um, as a musician I don't want to say just a musician and and defeat myself out of the gate but When I was telling them what I would do, I would have them look at me like I was crazy. It was definitely above and beyond uh, compared to other bands. And It's not bragging. It's just it's in my nature to see chaos and try and make it go away. Uh, So it feels kind of like a job that I was cut out for. I I started taking on a few weddings. I've already got a few under my belt. And honestly, I, I loved the work. I think I did a pretty good job. Uh, I've been playing with my own band at weddings uh, for, honestly, only about three years now. Uh, It's been a slow process. I started playing with another band that was not under my control for a few years, and I had some really miserable experiences with that, and I just wanted to tell a story real quick because this is our first podcast where we get to talk to another wedding professional, And I was very excited about that. So five years ago, I played with another band. It's not worth mentioning the name of it. It just wasn't my band. We'll just put it that way. And one of the things about playing with another band uh, was that you were kind of thrown into these situations where you didn't really know much about anything until you got there that day. So it would be, there was a database of musicians and they would pick... Whatever the bride and groom wanted in their band. It was very tailored to their day. If they wanted male, female, singer, obviously you would always have like guitar, bass, drums, and then horns, keys, whatever. Uh, So it could be anywhere from like five to ten piece band depending on the day. So this one wedding in particular, at the last minute I was switched from one place to another place. It was literally two days before they asked if I could take the other one instead and instead of just showing up and singing I was asked to uh, lead the day be the leader which meant you made a few more bucks definitely not enough for the extra work that it took and you wrote the set list you planned the whole day you coordinated what the band did that day one of the things that I always hated about this setup was or maybe not always hated it. I, in hindsight, I think that it's just not a good, not a good structure for somebody like me. And the hindsight is from now having relationships with the couples that I meet with. And I apologize if I have already said bride and groom. Obviously, I have done same sex weddings. It's just me rambling. Um, the couples that I have played for getting to meet them and getting to know them and developing a relationship with them has been honestly one of my favorite parts of this like when I get to their wedding that day I'm happy for them I'm legitimately happy for them and I'm invested and I really it's not just a business at that point like I really want to make the best day possible for them and so that was one of the things that I didn't really love about being working for somebody else and not having any access to the couple but mostly this came to a head when I played this wedding up in Saranac Lake five years ago if I had met this couple before their wedding day I would not have played their wedding this bride was a monster I'm not even being hyperbolic I'm not exaggerating she was a monster. She the first thing that happened was the the lead singer, the male lead singer learned the wrong song. I was supposed, supposed to sing the first dance for the couple and he was supposed to sing the father daughter dance and he learned the same song that I learned. So at the last minute he had to run out and relearn father-daughter dance so he accidentally sang the first verse twice and the second verse had something to do with walking down the aisle whatever song it was that they picked so we get done they came in early also I should I I'm getting a little bit out of order they came in early which is unprecedented in in weddings for the the couples to get to the reception early that like If you have played or worked in a wedding in any way, you know how ridiculous this is. So we were not ready, but we got ready. They came in. We did their intros. I read two names out of order. The very last name was supposed to be somebody, and I accidentally read. I missed the brother of the bride's name which I didn't realize until later was the worst thing I could have ever done to these people. So I read them out of order. So the, the other, like, you know, the bridal party came in, and then somebody started yelling. I go, oh, I'm so sorry. And then I read the brother's name, and he came in. I thought, you know, hey, no, no harm done. Like, you literally shoved the paper in front of me and told me that they were there 15 minutes early. So we did the first dances. The father of the bride comes up to me, and he says, uh, we have a problem. And I'm like, great, we've played two songs so far. This is a great start. He said, you sang the wrong verses for the father-daughter dance, and my daughter is devastated. And I said, oh, I am I, so sorry. He goes, yeah, he's like, he sang the first verse twice, and the second verse is all about me walking her down the aisle, and she's just, I mean, I was like, should I go talk to her? Like, what, what would you like me to do? And he goes, no, definitely don't talk to her. She's too upset. And I was like oh, okay. I said, well, I go, um, we can play a recorded version. We can do it again. I said, what, what do you think we could do? And he goes, I don't know. She's just really very upset. And he kept driving at home and I was ready to be like, well, you know, I don't have a fucking time machine. So why don't you tell me what you're, what you want from me? I can't make it not happen. I can't go back and undo it. Um, and he said, just make sure that you guys bring the fucking party tonight." don't be one second back from your breaks. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, first of all, that to me, now with what I have in my contract as Aaron Harks, is that felt like harassment. The way he was towering over me, the way he was using expletives. I know I swear a lot, but not in that setting, you know? So he was like, don't even be a fucking second back from your breaks. And I was like... Yes, sir. So I went over to find the band and I said, guys, listen, here's what's happening. And this was also a four-hour reception, which I don't make my band do anymore. I charge a ridiculous amount for that extra hour to try and dissuade couples from doing four-hour receptions. You can have a reception that long, but it should not be all live music. It's just too long. It's too tiring. It's just too much. But this couple, I was learning was going to take everything that they possibly could for free. So they had the option of three or four hours. They took four. I talked to one of the coordinators at the thing. They had uh, this trellis that served near the bar, I don't even know, and they hated it, but because it was free, they wanted it. Like, that's, that's the kind of couple we were dealing with. So I was starting to get the vibe, and I was just mentally preparing myself for it. So I tell the band, you know, breaks 15 minutes, not a second more. So we're basically playing four 45-minute sets. I think the last one was an hour. Anyway, so after, like, the second set, everything's going all right. After the second set, the bride comes up on the stage, and she wants to hear, like, come on, Eileen, or something like that. And I said, well, you know, we don't have it. She, like, grabs my microphone, and I said, excuse me. Like, that's my microphone. And she goes, I fucking paid for this microphone. And I'm like, whoa, like I'm getting, like, hot on my neck. And she grabs my iPad and I was like, you really need to stop grabbing things. Like I can play what you want. And she swore at me one more time. And I played the song and she was bouncing around on the stage, like knocking things over. Like I was holding my mic stand steady. Like everybody was holding their stuff secure. She had to dance for Come On Eileen. So she did that and then she got off the stage. We played our third set. I thought things were going fine. Things seemed to be going fine. Uh, we played our fourth and final set, and we were really scraping the bottom of the barrel to come up with songs to play <laughs> at this point. Like, it was really, ooh, like, what else do we know? Like, we're really just doing what we can, because none of us have ever played together before. That was the thing with this other band and how they put it together. None of us had ever played together before. There were one or two guys on that stage that I had worked with maybe once or twice. So, long, short, wedding's over. We're like, thank you, good night. It's midnight, The bride's brother comes up to me and he says, listen, my sister fell down and cut her hand open and had to be taken to the emergency room. And I said, oh, God, that's terrible. And he said, yeah, he goes, luckily, I know the chief of medicine over there, whatever the fuck that means. So I was able to get her in and out really quick, but she missed about a half hour of the reception. So I'm wondering if you can play for another half hour. And I had to stifle a laugh. And I said, no, I'm sorry, we're, we're all done playing. I said, I can play some recorded music while we break down. I said, but the band is done. And he goes, what the fuck do you mean you're done? She missed a half hour. I said, I'm really sorry to hear that, but we cannot play anymore. We're honestly, even if we wanted to, we have no songs left. What the fuck do you mean you have no songs left? You can't, You mean to tell me you can't play some fucking Billy Joel? I'm like, well, we haven't yet. So yeah, I'm, that's what I'm telling you. And he came up on stage and he got in my face and he said how I ruined the whole day anyway because I left him out when I was announcing people when they were coming in. And I said, well, I didn't leave you out. I just said your name's out of order. He goes, do you know how fucking important I am to this day? And you fucking forgot about me. You ruined the whole day right from the beginning. And I was like, okay, well, I'm sorry that you feel that way, but. There's no way we're playing more. And so he goes to grab my iPad. I said, you know what? I go, that offer's off the table now because you're threatening me and I need you to get away from me. So all also I should mention that because none of these guys are like, you know, friends of mine or, or honest to goodness bandmates. Nobody is really doing anything till like they come up and say anything. Um, the male lead singer actually took off, which I've already talked to him since. I don't blame him one bit. He, I'm, I'm glad that he did because who knows what they would have done to that poor kid um so then the bride comes up and she starts screaming at me and one she says how much she paid for the band which I started to do the math and I have I was told that she was lying by the people that ran this band but I don't think that she was because it seemed like a very specific number for her to come up with and basically that to me like while I'm getting screamed at I'm also doing the math and I'm like well I made this much and they made that much so somebody else made about three thousand dollars for sending me into this hell So I was already getting real bitter while I was getting screamed at. The bride's brother encouraged her to to tell me off that she would feel better. And she said, no, she's not worth my fucking time. And she's grabbing stuff on stage. And the mother and father come up and they start screaming at me. And finally, the drummer comes back and he's like, enough. Like, stop it. She said that she was sorry. There's nothing we can fucking do. You're just screaming at her for no reason. Like, let it go. And they finally back down and i packed up myself honestly i cried for like three days like it was just the worst experience ever i stopped doing i actually i tried to stay with that group i asked if there was a way i could be put with some of my band members some that i knew would stand up for me if something like that were to occur uh i was told sure they would try they didn't i asked if i could somehow be put in a more of a coordinating position so that I could maybe meet the couples first, and I was told that there was no way that that would ever happen, which just still just blows my mind. I feel like the couples would want to meet the people that are singing, that are singing their first dance, etc. But anyway, I stopped doing those weddings because of that, um, and I started putting together my own full big band with the horns, which is the band that I have now. It's just Hark. Uh, I gave it its own name for if and when the time comes where I step down and retire, I can have somebody else step up and sing. It would be weird if I had, you know, another person sing the Aaron Hark's band. So that's why I changed the name to Hark. It's just easier to remember. I can't tell you how many times I tell people it's Aaron Hark's and they go, Aaron Harp. And I'm like, sure, and I'm never going to see them again. So it's Hark. Uh, we've been together for a little over two years um and i started booking my own weddings and working with these couples and from that i just realized how often i'm doing a lot more than just being the band leader and i'm actually really enjoying it and so i I started discussing the possibility of becoming a wedding coordinator and i started meeting with other wedding professionals and there's a little bit more to this story which i'll tell at the tail end of this interview but i got to sit down with uh, kelly john mayer of a main events and um she is Every time I work with any other wedding professional, any vendor, they're always like, do you know Kelly? She's like the sweetest, most professional. She's so great to work with. Um, I I have already learned a lot from her and we had such a great discussion. I really had the best time sitting and talking with her. And she's the only one of the people that I talked to (laughs) that like went, are you sure you want to do this? Like she was like, Let's do it. Like she met me for coffee. She's been a lot of fun, so uh, I had a good time talking to her. I hope you have a fun time listening to the interview. Uh, this is Kelly John Mayer. I'm Aaron Harks with Mistress of None, and we'll be right back with Kelly. You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks. This is Mistress of None Podcast. This is Erin Harks, and I am with Kelly John Mayer. Yeah. Did I say it right? You did. Oh. (laughs) Well, you gave such a helpful hint at that place where we met, John Mayer. John Mayer. Which is a good way to learn, but how are you? I'm very good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being had. It's so nice to sit with you. Thank you for inviting me into your home. It's lovely. Yep. I know. Very Halloween-y. I love it, though. I love that you're getting in the spirit. It doesn't feel like Halloween, though, because it's no. so warm out. But we'll get there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, the reason why I wanted to speak with Kelly, obviously, is because uh, Kelly is a an event planner, wedding coordinator. Um, I, I, I feel like that sounds reductive, almost, because, honestly, like every other wedding professional that I speak with in the Capital Region, whenever we start talking, vendors start talking, your name comes up. 100 of the time and it's always like have you worked with kelly yet And i'm like yeah okay I know kelly, yeah. of course i have like you are you're a beast Thank you are you. taking over and that's amazing what got you started in in this it's actually
1: a very unusual story um when i was 16 i was in high school in france so i was born and raised in france my entire family is there I did this um, exchange student program with a high school up here. Now, here's the thing. When I signed up for this program, it said exchange student in New York. Now, I'm from France, so you know where this is going. (laughs) I'm like, perfect. I'm going to be spending one month in New York. It's going to be so fun. Well, I land, and we go into this bus. So I think it's like 25 French kids. We're all 16, 17. Um, we go into the bus and it's a three hour bus ride to upstate New York, land in Scotia, New York, oh. out of all places. Of and course. I'm like, this is really far from the city. How long have we been in this bus? So anyway, I landed Scotia. Um, the program is with Scotia Glenville High and my host family, her name was Rebecca and still is rebecca actually um she became really good friends with me we had such an awesome time that summer so every summer we would see each other she would either come to france for the summer or i would come back so we did that for like four or five years now i went to college in france for international business and then what happened was we needed to do an internship anywhere it could be anything just not in france to like value the international portion of the school Mm -hmm. so i called her and i'm like hey would you host me and let me live with you and your parents if i find an internship around you of course she said yes and i truly don't remember how like wedding planning came about i don't know if i watched something on tv or what happened but um i emailed all the wedding planner around scotia so it included troy albany saratoga i think i must have emailed like 10 people and one of them got back to me and she's like you want to work for free full time for five months for me and she said yes of course come over (laughs) so i was like all right perfect so i obviously had like a lot of paperwork involved with the fact that i was not u.s citizen but um came over did the internship spoke almost no english like my english was really bad but i was so eager to learn i was maybe 19 or 20 back then, um, loved every second of it. She really took me under her wing. I was able to witness all of the meetings, the admin stuff that were going on going on in the office, all the weddings on the weekends. So I loved that internship. After the five months, I went back to France. I graduated, finished college. Um, that same business hired me for a full year And that was back in 2015. So at that point, I was like, I love this. I'm gonna take all the experience I have over, um, have learned here and then bring it over to France and hopefully get into the wedding industry in France. Now I had no experience in France in the wedding industry because my only experience was here. Mm-hmm. But in 2015, that's also the year that I met my now husband. Um, so we started dating, we moved in together, and then we decided to get married rather quickly. So I ended up not leaving after the internship. So in 2016, we got married, I stayed here, and then I kind of got stayed into the industry because at that point, I probably had worked as my nickname was Frenchie because I had a really yeah. thick French accent. And because
0: we're so clever.
1: So I was like, yeah. oh, she's French. She speaks French. And she actually, the second time, I spoke a lot better English, obviously. But still, I had a really thick accent, much thicker than it is today. So I was Frenchie. Um, I probably did like 25 with 30 weddings within the five months and the one-year internship wow. just because I worked every single weekend. So that's all I wanted to do was work weddings you know meet new people experience things um so after i got married i was hired by Mazon hospitality at the hall of springs and i worked there for a few years and then after that i moved to the renaissance downtown albany so i was planning their wedding for a couple of years until COVID happened mm. so when COVID happened obviously everyone was put on furlough just because there was no weddings and no events and i was like well, I have nothing to lose. I have all this time on my end, So I started this business plan as to what it would take for me to open my own business. Did all the research on like LLC and, you know, pretty much everything. And I was like, I have nothing to lose. I might as well start it. I have all these connections because now I've been in Albany. I've been in Saratoga. I've been in Troy. And I've worked so many weddings in one way or another. So I had all of like the relationship with the vendors. Right. So I started the business, um... I worked on the, the plan in 2020 and I signed up for my LLC January 3rd of 2021. So that's when the main event by Kelly was born that year. I think I did like 15 weddings Wow! and it completely took off just because of the relationships I had with vendors. They're like, well, I know you're new as a business owner, but you've been doing weddings exactly. for so many years now. And now it's 2023 and I am more than full time with this business. I have a team of nine assistants helping on the weekend and it's still only the beginning.
0: I have like so many projects and things I want to do. So I'm pumped. That's awesome. I'm exhausted. Is anybody (laughs) else tired after all of that? That was a lot. That's great though. That's, um, yeah, I mean, I think, In 2020, it was really interesting because, I mean, I have been playing weddings with my band for a while, and I'm only recently now getting into, like, the event planning side because, as I discussed with you before, it was something that I felt like I was already doing. So I was like, I might as well monetize Mm -hmm. this, you know? Like, I would be in charge more than anybody else that day, not by choice, just because I would see a need for it. But there was something weird in 2020, and I feel like it's still continuing a little bit. The wedding industry seems to be somewhat, like, recession-proof. And people have this kind of like, you only live once mentality now. So like in, in 2020, there were still people like, you know what, like, fuck it, I'm going to get married anyway. And there were some that we played and we, you know, had a whole list of conditions, you know, we have to have a, some sort of barricade and nobody can get too close. And, you know, I brought a separate mic for speeches and stuff like that. So we did a few weddings that year, but people were still very eager to Mm -hmm. go about their lives. And, you know, like I had a few moments where I was like, is that, you know, irresponsible, responsible or is that, but like, you know, whatever to each his own, everybody has a different experience with this. And then since then it's just same, it's kind of like blown up Yeah. and people are just like, we want to do it. We want it to be big. We want it to be perfect. We want it to be this and that. And, um, it just seems like that's kind of what has also guided me towards, towards doing that because it was so funny. I did one of my first weddings all by myself. A few weeks ago, and I was actually less stressed out than I have ever been being there as a band leader. Yep. Well, because now you have time to actually like manage everything. Yeah. But I was like, I didn't have to learn any new songs. I didn't have to like wrangle my my guys in the band. I didn't have to make any like speeches or mm-hmm. make sure I say any names right. Like, not saying that what I do is harder than what no, I no, no, yeah, any stretch. But I like that's what made me feel like. It, like, I, I'm, I'm meant to do this. It just came very naturally to me. So like you were saying, when you started your own business, people were very eager to work with you because you already had the connection. So you were a new business, but you weren't a new person. Yeah. And that's what I'm kind of going, like, I tell people I'm doing this. they so like, let's go, sign me up, you know. I think one of the thing is a lot of vendors in the area, not
1: really clients, vendors have a really bad um, misconception of, what wedding planners do and truthfully wedding planners have such a bad rep um and the reason is a lot of people have worked with bad wedding planners now i'm not naming names i'm not saying i know who those people are but every time that a vendor come to me and they're like either like oh it was so nice working with you it was easy working with you i've never had such a good experience working with the wedding planner i'm like it's because of all the bad experiences you've had before. So that brings me back to, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. It matters that you do it right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I think that, uh, well, you know, we had a lovely discussion. You were Mm -hmm. so kind to get together with me. Like, let's just, I, you know, that's part of what I do is it's all about networking. And like I said, like now I'm I'm getting to know some of the other vendors and that's been a wonderful thing for me because hopefully they'll either keep me in mind for the band, which has worked out with yeah. us at June Farms, but also, you know, I, I don't want to come in guns blazing. I want to ease my way in. I want to get to know people. I want to see if it's something that I really want to do. And so far so good. And um, but that's the thing though, is like you were telling me about other bands and stuff that you've worked with before when I was telling you my experience as a band leader and just watching your face going like, <laughs> like you've had bands that come like an hour before and expect to be fed right away and all these things you were telling me. And I was like, because sometimes I know that what I provide is is a solid service. Yeah. I know that my band is good. I know that I I'm a professional, but when people are like that fond of you, you're kind of like, who hurt you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like I get, I, I'm happy that you love me this much, but like what happened to you that you love me this mm-hmm. much? Uh, is that accurate? Yeah, the
1: problem is a vendor in the industry, us that we do weddings every weekend and we get to like know other vendors, we can tell right away who's a professional, who's that's their full-time job, who's doing this for the wrong reasons sometimes. Mm-hmm. But from a client perspective, Every single client they've never done this before. No one has experience. So it's easy to have a beautiful website. It's easy to maybe have a few good reviews on there or, you know, know someone that knows someone. But the problem is those people have no idea the reality of the kind of service these people provide. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, all they can judge you on is your website, your social media, and sometimes your reviews, although sometimes it can also not be the reality of things. Mm-hmm. So, it's so difficult I feel like from a client perspective because they just have no clue but we know better so that's also why I'm such an open book on social media I'm the first one to call people out although I try not to name names I will always call people out into like these vendors should not be doing this yeah because it hurts everyone not only us as workers but also clients that have expectations that are not met in the end
0: And from what I've gleaned from the short time that I've known you, I know that it takes a lot for you to like really want to call somebody out because you are a professional and you do see the big picture. But, you know, and I have had private conversations with people that I've worked with before where I'm like, listen, you're precariously close. To me, making sure that nobody works with you Mm -hmm. anymore. Because it's not me being petty or me wanting to destroy somebody's career. It's me wanting to save my peers. Yeah. And the people that I love and respect from having to deal with stuff like that. I had this one musician in my band for a very, very short time, like a minute, really. (laughs) And the way he was talking to me, I was like, I'm still slightly willing to give you a solid recommendation if you don't watch your fucking tone with me Mm -hmm. because I, where you're at right now is not something I want to subject my other musicians or other female musicians to. But at some point you, you have to kind of blast put somebody on blast to protect other people. Yeah. Like, cause sometimes it's not a petty thing. It's like, sometimes it's a safety issue.
1: Oh yeah. I've had this issue this year. Um, and I don't want to get into too much details because it wasn't really in the wedding industry, more so like the local community mm-hmm. where some of my team members were very disrespected, open like publicly, and I wasn't there. But that's something that I personally do not tolerate. So I was very vocal about that, about um, we're still human beings. Yeah. I know this is an important. Let, let's bring it back to wedding. I know this is your your day. I know this is something you've spent a lot of money on. But if you one of your guests who may or may not be intoxicated, or one of your vendors disrespect any of me or my team, we're packing up and leaving. Yep. It does not matter how much money you've paid me, what the contract says. Actually, if you actually read my contract, it says harassment is not tolerated. Yep. So if any of me or my team members feel unsafe, regardless of who it comes from, we are allowed to just up and leave. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's definitely been one thing. It has happened a few times now as long as i'm there i feel like i'm always able to somehow put some distance to it and put a stop to it before it goes too far but that one instance where i wasn't there obviously that person just didn't feel strong enough to be able to defend themselves in that moment right because sometimes you're just so taken aback um so that's one thing
0: yeah i have a similar clause in my contract and i i review it with the clients and there's some things that I bring up and like, I feel like I, I joke around that all of my preparedness is based in some sort of trauma. And I go, if I'm bringing up something that seems really at a left field to you, know that it's because I had a particular situation. Yeah. And I look out for my guys. My guys go out on the floor with their instruments, as you saw, you know, we go out and we join the party yeah. and everything. If you put hands on my guys, like, like sometimes like, you know, the sax player likes it and I'll like look out and I look at him. I'm like, are you okay with this? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. But like, I watched, there was like a girl with a scarf one time and she mm-hmm. tried putting it around my neck and I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, no. Um, but I, I thought <laughs> I saw a, a bottle like roll across the floor one night and I, it, it happened out of the corner of my eye at the same time I saw like my sound guy, like kind of like, and I go. I was like, did somebody could throw that at you? And he was like, no. And I'm like, okay. Like, but I went into like mama bear mode to protect my team. Yeah. As I'm sure you would. But yeah, there's no harassment. You can't Mm -hmm. be destructive. You can't, you just, I don't, again, I don't care how much money you've spent. Yeah. We're human beings. And that also goes, I, I talked about guests, but it also goes with vendors. I mean,
1: at the end of the day, Our goal should be the same. We're all working for the client to make their day perfect. It doesn't matter who got paid the most. It doesn't matter who worked the most amount of hours. It doesn't matter if you've been here since 8 a.m. and you just showed up at 4 p.m. We should all work together as a team. This is a long day. This is a lot of work. So we should all be at least cordial to each other. Yeah. And I've had instances where vendors were like disrespectful to each other and I'm like guys we're on the
0: same team yeah. like what's going on don't make your day harder for no reason yeah like i had a videographer that was like boxing out the photographer <laughs> and i was like i go can you just let her get and he was like i have a job to do too and i was like y'all need to work together
1: they have a special relationships photographers and videographers it
0: can be really tricky that was my first <laughs> run in with that. Cause normally I don't have to deal with that at all, yeah. but it's just, you know, I feel like, and for me, somebody that has like, I'm, I'm obviously like an alpha kind of big ego person, but when it's at somebody else's wedding, I can put that away. Um, like, but I'm really, I'm, I'm good at like kind of dissolving the situations before they escalate. Like I had, uh, we had this one wedding we did where the power kept cutting out at the stage and I had given them the specs on how much power we need, mm-hmm. how much amperes or whatever. And it kept coming, cutting out. And the bride's father comes out and was like, what the fuck is going on? And I just looked at him and I go, start over. And he was like, well, I, I just want to help. I go, that's better. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause I, I'll fucking pack right up and go home. You come out, his face is red. He's swearing. Like you didn't get a proper generator for us mm-hmm. and you're going to come out like i'm doing something wrong yeah okay i plug my shit in the same way every time and i'm providing pretty music for you to walk your daughter down the aisle do not come at me like that
1: yeah one of the thing i've noticed more this year somehow i don't know if it's because of the caliber of weddings that i've worked but um i have a lot of awesome clients i feel like i try to attract clients that really match my personality and my business. I'm really vocal about that. The first time we talk, I'm like, it needs to be a personality match both ways Mm -hmm. because I'm only one person. I only take one or two weddings every weekend. So I want to make sure those weddings, we both enjoy working with each other. And so I have this great relationship and somehow it's the week of the wedding. And I don't know if it's because people don't know how to manage their anxiety and their stress. Those people become different people. (laughs) And I'm like, excuse me we just worked 10 months together we had multiple meetings multiple phone calls you were always great now it's the week of your wedding and you like turn into this monster yeah and there's no such thing as bridezilla sometimes momzilla let's be honest but i feel like there's also this thing where people put so much pressure and stress onto this one day we're not saving lives here yeah we're we're just here to have a good time it Truly, at the end of the day, does not matter what happens. As long as you get married, as long as everyone's healthy, happy, even if we're off schedule. But I've had so many this year where the week of the wedding, I get emails after emails of micromanaging, double checking my work and and doing all these things. And like it, it makes me like not want to work with certain people. Yeah, that's tough.
0: I do the same thing. It feels good to be in a position where you can kind of say to somebody like, you know, Like, not that I like to turn down work, but I am in a position now where if I meet with a couple and it doesn't feel like Mm -hmm. a good match, I will be like, I don't think this will work. Or
1: there's a better fit
0: for you somewhere else. Yeah. Or I'll suggest somebody else and be like, I don't think this is like, or, you know, there was one case where I just didn't respond to an email right away and then I never heard from them again. And I was like, that's for the best. Like, I was talking to this couple and the bride out of nowhere, her husband or fiance said something. And she was like, can I finish? And I was like, oh, "Oh, my internet connection is just (laughs) like, like, (laughs) because if you're that tightly wound 18 months before your wedding, like Mm -hmm. I don't even want to know you that week. But like I have been, honestly, the past, since I started doing this with my band, like I would say the last two years solidly, I have had the best Mm -hmm. brides and grooms. I meet with them. I get to know them. The band actually like laughs because like we'll get there and like the bride will come up and like give me a big big hug hug. and we talk and I'll be like, oh, how's such and such? Like, you know, I I get to know these people and I love it and it makes me really enjoy my job and it makes me really want to make sure that you're having the best day ever and I'm sure you have the same experience. Yeah. I mean, we
1: work at minimum a year in advance together whether it's just wedding day management all the way to full service obviously there's a lot more involved but for the most part i personally don't offer like month of or day off coordination all of my uh clients book me at least a year before we really start the planning process about six months before just because i want everyone to enjoy it i want to have time to be thorough with it i don't want to be rushing a month before with like reviewing your contracts and putting a timeline together and likewise for them I just feel like they have the information I need much earlier than the month before so let's just do it as soon as they know that way they can kind of focus on something else um I don't know where I was going with that
0: no that no that makes sense <laughs> uh, for me I think I, I I preferred like the day of kind of thing to start because it feels like less of a commitment oh yeah but I had to like tell one couple that I worked with because they were like well we have to discuss you know x y and z and I was like Well, am I a day of coordinator or am I a full coordinator? Because we have to, like, you have to set that, like, boundary. Mm -hmm. So it's good that you're identifying solely as, like, the whole thing because it, it makes it a lot neater, I think.
1: Yes, but also there is still certain differences. Like, wedding day management couples versus full service planning couples, there is still a lot of knowledge that I may or may not have depending on the service. And that's also an issue I've been having with vendors is vendors don't know, rightfully so, because they most of the time don't ask what kind of service I'm providing for the client or what kind of service I've been booked by the client. So they'll come at me and assume I know everything. Yeah. Assume I know what's going on at the rehearsal dinner the night before. Assume I know everything about their floral and design when really I have been to no meeting with the florist. So sometimes it's also hard navigating that because I understand they assume as a wedding planner I have all the answers, but um, it's a matter of educating certain vendors. Like, mm-hmm. ask me if I have the answer or what kind of service I've been booked. So you know what kind of answers I can provide you. Yeah. Um, and there's obviously a way of asking and a way of saying things. So that's and I'm sure you've gotten both polite and not polite. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I think uh, for me, I had to start just saying to people like, I- I'm just in the band.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was because I had to set like this healthy boundary because I would end up having to run everything. And when I talk to like other bands or even when I was talking to you about like what I've done with my band and you look at me like you shouldn't, that's <laughs> not your that. job, you yeah. know, but I'm never going to look at a bride and be like, that's not my job. Like, no, I want you to have the best day possible. Yeah. That's my goal. I And I actually care about that. It's not about the money. It's I re, I mean, the money helps, but, you know, it's my <laughs> job, but I, I do care about what I do. Yeah. And um, I just, I don't know. I, I, it's funny cause most of the wedding professionals that I talk to are saying like, you know, are you sure you want it? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. Like I'm really cut out for this kind of thing. So I'm curious, like what is, what like, what is the worst wedding you ever had? You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks.
1: I get this question a lot, and truthfully, to me, because I resonate so much with what you said it's all about the way that the couple made me feel it really doesn't matter like we've all had weddings where it rained and we had to go to plan b and it wasn't as pretty and you know the bus was late and like on at that time there was nothing we could do about it but truthfully i'll always remember some couples that made me feel really shitty treated me really bad talked to me really bad on the wedding day versus some couples that were so respectful and so grateful and at the end of the day on paper their wedding might not be as beautiful as some others but it's the ones that i'm like so fond of i'm like oh my god i remember this couple and their families and they gave us like such a big hug and they gave us like this cute little personalized gift because one time i said something and they remembered like they really cared about you as a human being so for me that's truly how it makes the difference it's like the nice couples versus the ones that really made my job and my life miserable where i had like knots in my stomachs going into their wedding day because i'm like what am i walking into i can be the best planner in the world have my timeline is 25 pages long i know exactly all the details to the minute yet i'm like feel not confident in myself because i'm like what are they gonna throw at me today and what am i gonna have to like deal with that i that are
0: completely out of my wedding planner scope well, you know that that's not you, right? That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like I said, for other vendors to compliment other vendors, it's not – because I mean, for the most part, I think that a lot of the vendors in the area tend to get along. But there's also always going to be some like cattiness and yeah. stuff like that. And I've never heard another vendor say even remotely a negative thing about you. And they know better than these brides and grooms. Like, they're, <laughs> they're just assholes. So yeah. you got to, you know, fuck them. Anyway, but – um. <laughs> It's so funny though when we when we did that panel I was so curious why there wasn't a musician mm-hmm. represented anywhere on that panel and to me that was so telling of what the vendors think of bands, of the bands. <laughs> yeah but it's so funny to me because again I am super involved when I do these weddings and not always by choice like I am a bossy bitch but I also like to stay in my lane and mm-hmm. not overextend myself. Um, but I get there sometimes and I have unfortunately worked with some not so good coordinators and I get there and people are like, Oh, do you know this, that? And I'm like, Oh, you know, this is the person she's over there. You can go, go ahead, ask her. And then like, I get this like exasperated photographer and he's like, can you just please help me? She doesn't (laughs) know what the fuck's going on. I'm like, all right, here we go. Like, but I mean, again, it's teamwork. I'm not going to let a photographer miss a certain picture. I'm not going to let the videographer miss the first dance. Like, like, and sometimes they'll be like, please don't. I'm like, Oh, I'll make sure that you are around before Mm -hmm. they cut the cake. I will, you know, I won't just make an announcement without you like, and I'm good about stuff like that. And again, that's beyond what I should have to do as, as just the band. But I really like, I would love to see, I, I got a lot from the panel. The format was interesting. I felt like the setup seemed, made it seem like it was going to get very aggressive. Did you get that? I
1: think it's because it's the first time,
0: at least since I've been around, that we've done a panel
1: where vendors had almost an open discussion. Almost. Um, And there is just so much that people want to say to each other, but they either don't have time, because obviously it's always busy season sometimes, um, or they just don't know how to communicate communicate it properly. So I do think we should do more of it. I definitely see the need. I feel like people need to hear both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. There was no band member represented on that panel. And truly, I don't even know why. But you're right. It does show that like there's no communication between bands
0: and the rest of the wedding members. Yeah. And I can only speak for my band, I know. which I guess we are remarkable, according to Literally. you. You know, but I mean, I feel like, again, we, we're, we're a vendor, mm-hmm. you know, and get to know the bands a little bit so that you can suggest good bands to your clients, bands that you know, you like to work with bands, you know, are capable that can step Mm -hmm. up like that wedding that we did at June farms that you just posted about the other day, you had to put together in less than a month, three weeks. It was just kind of thrown and you like messaged me. I was so flattered, but like even me collecting the information and getting to know them that was truncated Mm -hmm. and not like I would normally do. And everything went off perfectly it was such a great day i know we still have like
1: that that wedding was obviously a one-off because it doesn't happen that often that you have to put a wedding together but it was really to me a true testament of the community right Mm -hmm. and i was like okay we have three weeks i texted so many people i'm like are you available on that date the budget was a huge deal obviously yeah the um We were working with such a low budget. Now, we can't give too much details away today, but there was a few things that were going on around that wedding that made that we had a little bit of flexibility and a little bit of negotiating power, Mm -hmm. if we can say that. But still, you would be surprised of how many people completely turned me down because there was just no negotiating, no willing to help. Because at first, that's really what my strategy was. I'm like, hey, we've worked together in the past. I'm in this situation, I have this great couple, great opportunity, can you help, right? And you were like, whatever I need to do to help, let me know what it is. It doesn't matter the time, the money, like literally, I'll do anything to help.
0: I saw the value in working at June Farms, Mm -hmm. working with you. It was a Thursday. It was. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing that I think people overlook. They're like, well, it has to be at least, and I'm like, okay, but... Mm -hmm. there was a value to it that wasn't monetary and that's what i looked at I, i i relished the opportunity to work with you um just to get on your radar so that when you have other weddings and people are asking you for bands i know that will be yeah you know recommended to play at june farms is always great and you know they were recording a reality show yeah so i mean it made sense to me and that's what some vendors don't realize going back to the
1: wedding planner thing is i'm not the know-it-all i'm not going to be the one to give you all of your business but bands really underestimate our power because a lot of people even if we're not booked for the full service planning they will email me like hey have you worked with this man and this man? what do you think of both How are they working with? How are they on the day? So maybe I'm just their day off coordinator. However, they will ask me and I will sway their opinion. So being nice to other vendors and being nice to wedding planners, whether you've worked with them or not, at least be cordial, be respectful. Respond to my email if I'm like introducing myself
0: or asking you for like an inquiry, because in the end, it does matter. It really does. And like, again, it's not a monetary value sometimes just to like, I, I see the value in networking. And I know, like, and I try to explain this because sometimes, like, you know, I have people that I want to work with, and I'll be like, listen, if I'm asking you to do something for less than we normally make, know that I have already thought it through in my head because I won't undersell us ever unless I know. Like, we have a one gig coming up, and one of the guys was like, well, you know, and I was like, trust me, trust me, what will come out of this, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I clearly know what I'm doing you know, they were like busting my balls that I went to Switzerland for two weeks. I was like, well, I worked really hard, like right up until the day. And then the day I got back, I was right there. Like, I mean, I know what I'm doing. I'm doing, you know, this is a whole, like yeah. you have to trust me. And sometimes just being, working with the right people and, and networking and being, you know, on people's radar for when big things come along, like that's all part of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you you're, you just gotta like take your lumps and be like, all right, we're not gonna make as much as we normally would this time, but we're playing in front of this guy and that guy and these people and you know And working with all these vendors. I mean, that wedding had so
1: many vendors. Yeah. And now that we just got the images back, um, from YTK, we like if all of the vendors just share one image and tag everyone else, you're being put in front of thousands of people. Yeah. So you might not have made as much money, but Look at all the people you're, like, being exposed to. That, that hot air balloon guy, he probably never posts about weddings. Now he's going to tag the band when he posts about that hot air balloon, and, you know, who knows who's going to see that.
0: Yeah, somebody sees that and go, oh, my God, I never thought about that. I want that at my final yeah. yeah. I uh, – <coughs> excuse me. I have always, you know, gotten out of my way to make sure that I have a really good – like, I introduce myself to each of the vendors when I get there, you know, just – If you need anything or vice versa, like, you know, we check with the caterers, make sure because we always have to make sure that the vendors eat first, even though they this is a a hot button (laughs) issue. (laughs) We can talk about it. We're going to talk about it. I have to explain to people. And I said, I don't want this to make me sound like a fucking diva, but my band needs to eat early. It doesn't have to be the same food as y'all. If y'all are serving filet mignon, good on you. Put a taco station up for us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be the same food. Am I suggesting that I eat before the bride and the groom? Of course not. But you can't feed us last. Last. Because when the bride and groom eat first and then 150 guests eat, guess who's done eating by the time the band gets their food? Yep, the couple. And I tried to explain this to people because I was like, when you take your last bite and you're ready to rock and roll, it might say 8 to 11 on our contract. But no, I'm going to start. When you're ready i'm gonna be like when i get done Mm -hmm. eating my corn dog i'm gonna be at the edge of the stage waiting for your cue to start so that we get the party going that was a huge
1: point that we talked about a lot at the panel and i feel like from a caterer standpoint they were the one the most disagreeing with us but you're right whether it's the band the dj the photographer the wedding planner if we eat last by the time the couple is done eating they're ready to cut their cake yep. they're ready to dance yep. they're ready to do the sparkless exit whatever it is and so many times have happened where i either didn't have time to eat the food because by the time i got served or sat down because i was doing something else then we had to get into the next thing um or just only had two minutes and you're like scarfing down your food and especially for the photographer that they have to be on you know for anything that's happening it actually happened a couple weekends ago where we got fed, but by the time the food came around, the photographer had to leave and, like, go take some photos. So it's not that we're trying to be difficult. You're right. we just not. It, that's the only way it makes sense. We've been working, you know, for six, seven, eight hours sometimes, depending on how early we start. And it doesn't matter if the caterer feeds us or if we take a break, but we need to have that break at the same time the couple is eating.
0: Yes. I always bring snacks just in case if the earlier, like, cause I like everything to be set up before the ceremony so that nobody's making any noise. I say, you set up, I go, if you want to leave and come back, you can. But if we're like in Vermont or something and we have to get there like around one or two and we're going to be there till 11, I bring my guys sandwiches Mm -hmm. so that we have some food while we're setting up and everything. Cause I know it's going to be a long day. And then, yeah, like I had one wedding where, and there's, the caterers that like most of them honestly lately have been great this summer. Like, as I explain it and they go, we know you got to get fed. And they don't say like, we know you have to get fed. Like they've been very pleasant. Nice. Yeah. Cause I'm like, hi, nice to meet you. Like, you know, and try to be as cordial as I can so that they don't, so they understand that it's not, it's not a, a power move. Yeah. And like, we had one wedding where the, by the time they brought the food out, the bride was like in tears because Everything was running late because of the caterer. The caterer was running late. So everybody got fed late. They brought the stuff out to the band. The reception was supposed to have already started. I I was like, guys, I go, if we don't get our food in a few minutes, we got to just get up and go. I I said that to them. I'm like, I'm sorry. And they were all like, we get it. Mm -hmm. The food comes out. The caterer actually, while she's putting it down angrily, she goes, I don't know what the big deal is. Vendors eat last. And I go... They shouldn't, and we had it in our contract, Like because one of the bridesmaids went in the kitchen and was like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Like, lost her shit. And so they bring it out, so I just eat something really quick, because I had been there since, like, 3 o'clock. It's now 8.30. I haven't eaten anything. But then you got to sing and, like... Then I got (laughs) to sing and dance around, and I'm, like, holding my side, like, oh, I want to dance with somebody, like, dying. My bed. Yeah, so, I mean, that was, like, one of the only times I just... I I think I just come back from a trip and I didn't have my little snack bag with me like I normally do. And so like trying to explain it to somebody, you know, you're just, the caterers, the the ones that get like so mad, they're like, vendors eat last. Like it's just pounded into them. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, why don't we try another phrase? Like you seem really set on this, but let's, you know. (laughs) I feel like from having
1: worked in the catering world, it used to be because- they were always afraid of running out of food. I get that. And again, we don't need to eat the same thing as everybody else. But the thing that people need to realize is couples pay for food. And truthfully, they pay, obviously, it's less than the guests, but it's at minimum $50 for definitely subpar food. It's not what you would pay $50 to at a restaurant. So the fact that we even have to, like, beg to be fed something when truly they already banked, at least four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars off of vendor meal. Yeah, it's it still blows my mind. From a caterer, you cannot run out of food if you've been paid a few hundred dollars to feed yeah, us. If
0: that's your fear, if that's your fear, then do something about that on your end. Yeah. Because we got asked what our meal choices were. We got asked what our allergies were. Yeah. So those should be in your in the yep. In your in I'm not here to shit on caterers <laughs> at all <laughs> because honestly, like the last, like uh, the right. last few weddings we did, th- I, this has only been a problem like two or three times out of like the hundred weddings yeah. that I've done. Like the last few caterers, like they've been so sweet. I, I always love working with Mazone. Yeah. They are just really, every time I get someplace and I'm like, who's a caterer like Mazone, I'm like, fuck yeah. You know that they'll definitely take care of yep, us. Yep, Or Nicole's. Yeah. They're like, oh, like, how are you doing again? I'm like, yeah, they remember me. And they, like, put the food out. Like, one time they were, like, bringing us, like, hors d'oeuvres. Like, they they had the guest hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. And they were like, here, guys, grab some crab cakes. We're like, <laughs> you
1: know. We'll never say no. <laughs> no. Literally never say no. We look like. I draw the line at alcohol, but I'll never draw a line at food. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: yeah, luckily my band is, is really good and, and respectful and stuff. Like, every once in a while, like, if they're all mulling around someplace near a bar, I'm like, spread out stop. get away stop it <laughs> <laughs> they all like drunk we got caught <laughs> um but yeah though the food it's like but we're like on stage setting up and somebody brings like a cream puff or something i'm like yeah like yeah the, the boys know in my band if there are bacon wrap scallops going <laughs> you gotta take one for because you because sometimes i'll be like down to the ceremony like packing up the ceremony like one time they only ever need one time to be told like i came back from a ceremony and I heard one go, oh, man, did you get one of those bacon-wrapped shrimp? And that was like, our oh, bacon-wrapped scallops. And I was like, there were? And they were like, yeah. I'm like, mm. And I ran over, and there was, like, nothing but, like, cheese and, and carrots left. And I was like, next time. <laughs> Grab you one. You see <laughs> that. You make sure. And now they, like, bring me, like, <laughs> trays full of my good boys. All right. You know, I got them on a tight uh, leash. I love that. Yeah, I love my band. Though They're great. It's so funny that you have said, I mean, it's not
1: funny. It's good that you have such a good relationship with them. I was actually just talking to someone this year and this is somewhat of like a controversial topic, but I somehow noticed a very clear difference when I work with all female vendor teams versus mixed vendor teams with male in it. And so when I say vendor team, it's whoever's you know for there their for the day. So the photographer, the videographer, the DJ, the photo booth, the caterer, the planner. I've had a few weddings where it was exclusively all ladies leading the catering team, the entertainment team, myself. I only have a staff of girls, not by choice, just by nature, truly. And I kind of came to the conclusion of like, there is a really clear dynamic difference when working with all ladies versus a mixed team, a mixed gender team. And I'm not saying it's always the case but I have
0: noticed it this year. And I'm like, maybe there is something there. <laughs> there is something There is something great when you get there and you see that the whole front line is other women. Cause you just kind of look at each other like, we got this, Yeah, we got this. I don't know if this has happened to you cause your whole team is, is women. But what cracks me up is that like when you've seen my band play, like is it obvious who's in charge? <laughs> I mean just by where you stand <laughs> right yes for multiple reasons. It's pretty obvious yes. that I'm in charge. I can't tell you how many times people will go up and ask questions to a male of the guys in my band or give them like the the tip or like settle up or something. Mm-hmm. And luckily the guys in my band are like, no. Like Doctor Hurt, yeah. And I'm like, I've been making every announcement tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, the only one with a microphone that I'm talking into and you're still going to go like try and give the tip to my sax player. Like, yep. wow. Things are slowly
1: shifting. I have to say, like there's so many more women owned business in the industry. There's so many more big, like big catering business where they're either sales manager, director of sales is a female. And I'm, I'm not bad mouthing the guys, but it's just so much easier to work with ladies. There's just more respect. There's more empathy. There's more understanding. Um, and there's just less ego.
0: Yeah. I, I'm not bad mouthing the men either, I guess. <laughs> Maybe I am a little bit. But I, I do prefer yeah. getting there with certain women, getting there and seeing that, like I said, the front line. Like when yep. like the, the, the food, the cater manager yeah. comes out and I'm like, nice. Mm-hmm. And you know, the coordinator, the coordinators are usually women. I yeah. haven't worked with a male coordinator yet. Um, and then, you know, when they see me, hopefully they get that same reaction. Yeah. You know, the photographers, like I've worked with so many great female mm-hmm. photographers this summer, especially. And like, there was this one, we were down this beautiful fall wedding. Like, it, like, Oh, they couldn't have, if they had paid for the weather, they wouldn't have been able to afford it. Like, it was just a perfect day. And I was just talking to the photographer, and I said something. And I remember the first time you and I talked, and I, like, let out, like, a, I said, like, ass or shit or something like that. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to be professional. And you were like, I can clearly tell you're professional. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, well, thank you. But, you know, but I, like, usually will, like, let one leak to see if they're cool or not. And i will be like, oh, I'm sorry. She's like, I don't give a fucking shit. I'm like, hey! <laughs> you're my people. <laughs> It's a tactic, really. It really is, you know. But I mean, I—that's just how I talk. I don't mean anything by it. I, yeah. it's, maybe it's not classy. I—I I could give a shit. That's just who I am. That's how I talk. Um, I know when to tone it down. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that through the microphone at your wedding. Yeah. Obviously, like get your fucking ass out here. <laughs> grandma's time to dance. Like, you know. I Can know. Can you when... imagine? Yeah, no. But like, anytime it like slips out in like a meeting with the bride, I'm like, oh, good. Uh, and they're like, we don't fucking care. I'm like, okay, cool. We're good. Yes. Like, but it is kind of a tactic it's just i mean obviously i'm a professional enough we're not going to be like for the first time as men and fuck am I. like you know yeah. i'm not gonna do anything like that but although just, i would pay money to see that I, I you know what <laughs> maybe i've been asked if i do comedy at weddings and i'm like oh. i'm like clearly you've never seen my comedy if you're asking me to do jokes at your wedding
1: i have to say there is this thing where in the next few years people are looking for the the most unique things. I mean, we obviously did the hot air balloon. That was like the carnival theme. So there was a lot of fun stuff, but I've been seeing a lot more. Like I just did recently that live uh sketching, mm-hmm. which actually just was at June farm. Her name is Jenny C locally. I'm sure there's other people, but um people do that at their wedding. So You've seen, uh Sharon Bolton, the painter. Yeah. Yeah. That's really neat too. But in terms of st- entertaining the guests right because i love the life painting but it's a little bit more of like a silent entertainment yeah like there's not a lot of like things to do with the guests but this live sketching thing where you basically like take a photo of all the people least at like, cocktail hour and then for the next three hours while they're eating you just do a really quick sketch of them and then oh. it's their favor so they get to take it home almost like a photo booth photo but it's wow. like a live sketch but that brings me to there might be a future with comedy at cocktail hour, comedy at weddings, like, who knows?
0: The problem with that is that, unlike music, like, you need a captive audience for mm-hmm. comedy to work. You can't, like, talk over people, you know? So, like, yeah, like, it would have to be, like, right after speeches yeah. or something like that. I mean, I'd be down to do it. It would be, like, little 10-minute
1: skits yeah, here and Yeah, I,
0: I think it would be hilarious, and I would love to do it, but, like, it would take a lot of work. I got, I did it one time and I knew the people and I knew they were like very chill. So I didn't worry that much about it. But like one of the first things I said, I was like, can everybody hear me? Okay. And like this one guy was talking in the back. He's like, no, I go, then shut the fuck up. (laughs) And everybody started laughing and I like just went into it and I just did relationship jokes and I wasn't engaged or married at the time. So I did jokes about that and everything. And now that I am married, I have Oh, Even my, more jokes. My poor husband. I mean, he's such a good sport. But, like, when we recorded uh, my comedy special back in March, like, that night he was like, you know, I'm happy. I'm proud of you. You did such a good job. And the next day, the dust settled. He's like, so.
1: Let's talk about that that little thing you said. But
0: people were like, does he know these? Jo-? I go, no. That was the first time he heard most of them. And they were like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, well, he's a good sport. But, um, so I mean, I would definitely have tons of material. Like I, I did a joke a few weeks ago, just off the cuff, where I was talking about arguments that I have with him, and how like it's nothing at all. But I'll ride to my gig, and the whole <laughs> way I'm like, you know what? I should have fucking done. I should. Have... And like everybody's like laughing so hard. I was like, and he's sitting home. Like just watching TV. I was like, I get to the giggy text me. He goes, Can I have the rest of that steak? And I'm like, motherfucker's been thinking about steak. <laughs> like, I'm like thinking, Oh, it. We're, Replaying we're the that's it. We're just that's it. Yeah. You know, so that would be fun. All right. If you're listening and you have a wedding coming up, Kelly and I are gonna do your wedding and I'm I'm gonna do comedy. I'm all here for that. Well, I think that'd be great. That well, would be fun. We got a whole new thing that we're gonna do then. Yep. Well, it's been so great. Thanks, Aaron. So great talking to you. What is the name of your business? We haven't even.
1: Yes. So it's the main event by Kelly. My name is Kelly Jean Mayer. Again, if you don't know how to say it, just think of John Mayer. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be the closest way to get there. And I'm currently upstate New York, but I do, um, weddings pretty much anywhere. I don't advertise destination wedding, but I
0: do speak French. So, Hey, I'm all mm. here for a French wedding. Parlez-vous francais? All right, I'm going. (laughs) It's been so great. Of course, uh, I will tag and post and share everything about Kelly so that you can follow her as well. Um, She is amazing. It's been such a treat talking to her. And uh, we hope to see you again soon. Thanks, Erin. Thank you. This is Erin Harks with Mistress of None. And we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks. So that was Kelly John Mayer. I will be uh, posting everything on Instagram and Facebook and stuff, and tagging her so that you can also follow her and get to know her a little bit better. Uh, her. Her company is called A Main Event and I think it's fascinating that she got going in the pandemic uh, and is as successful as she is. She's fantastic. The real reason that I decided to become a coordinator was I played a wedding oh God, just a year ago. It'll be, it was just a year ago, just this past weekend. And she had hired two wedding coordinators for her wedding. (coughs) Excuse me, I'm still on the tail end of that sinus infection. And she had worked with this wedding coordinator who assured her that she would be there. And at the last minute, she double booked herself and instead sent two people in her stead. And one of the people that she sent, I think was her mom, and the other person that she sent kept saying things like, This is my first wedding. And I finally said to her at one point, I go, you need to stop saying that. (laughs) Like, act like you belong. Act like you've been doing this your whole life. So there was just so much chaos at this wedding. Like, I I normally find them for some clarification on some things. And I realized pretty early on that I wasn't going to get that. And so I kind of just took over. And at one point, I actually had to tell them to, to just kind of, like, get out of the way. Like, they were honestly, like, causing more trouble. I was trying to line up the bridal party for the announcements, uh, the intros and everything. And they, they didn't even have the list. They didn't have the order. They kept asking me, what's next? What's next? And I was like, just stand down. Like, I got this. And I talked to the bride after that. And she thanked me for everything that i did that day and she said it it wouldn't have happened without you or like something to that effect it was very kind of her to say and that's when i was like you know what i'm thinking of doing this full time and i actually just did uh her daughter's wedding as a coordinator uh but she agreed that i would be really good at it and i was grateful to work with her and you know things happen in the funniest ways i I always knew that I wanted to do something like along those lines in addition to everything else that I do. But that was the a big catalyst for me to have it just happen. Like I had no choice. So that's one of the things that I'm doing now. The mistress of none. The Jill of all traits mistress of none. I, you know, we'll see where it goes. I'll do it until I don't like it anymore or we'll see if it gets all of my energy. I'm not sure, but... So far, so good. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in. We have some really great guests coming up. As always, please uh, like and share and follow and love and tell your friends and I'll tell your enemies. Um, Just because you don't like them doesn't mean they're not good people, but make sure we get the word out. We have a lot of great listeners so far and I'd love some more. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Mistress of None Podcast. And I'm going to be starting a little YouTube page soon with some of the video of some of these awesome interviews that I have done with these awesome people. So sorry that I used awesome three times now, but we're still learning how to talk. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Harks with the Mistress of None podcast, and we'll see you next week.